Greetings, and welcome to Montessori in Action, a podcast for Montessori educators to remind you that you are not alone. I'm your host, Elizabeth Slade, and let's spend some time listening to what is in the hearts and on the minds of other Montessorians. Our guests for this episode are from the Montessori Accreditation Council for Teacher Education, commonly known as MACDI, which is an organization that accredits Montessori teacher education programs. They are committed to improving academic degree and certificate programs for Montessori professional educators who teach and lead in schools at the infant and toddler through secondary two levels. As one of only two teacher education accreditors, MACDI is a member of the Association of Specialized and Professional Accreditors, ASPA, and recognized by the United States Department of Education. Founded in 1995, its constituency now represents a broad range of educational institutions not limited to those within the United States. Our guests today are Rebecca Pelton, Karen Simon, and Carolyn Pinkerton. Rebecca Pelton is the president of MACD. She's been active in the area of national accreditation for over 20 years. Prior to her work with MACD, Rebecca served as the vice president for membership for the Teacher Education Accreditation Council, TEAC, and taught in both public and private schools for over 20 years. She earned her doctorate in educational leadership from the University of Delaware. Her tenure at MACD is based on her commitment to supporting Montessori education and leadership preparation, and thereby improving the educational experience of Montessori students. Karen Simon is the former chair of the MACD Board of Directors. She holds AMS credentials for early childhood and elementary one and two, and has taught children and adults at all three levels for the past 30 years. Born and raised in Venezuela, Karen then designed, implemented, taught at, and directed a Montessori school for children two and a half through 15 years old in Central Florida for 20 years. She's currently focused on teacher education and making Montessori more accessible in both English and Spanish. She's a faculty member of several teacher education programs and works as a bilingual specialist and instructor for the National Center for Montessori in the public sector. Carolyn Pinkerton is the Director of Communications and State Relations at MACD. She shares information with MACD-accredited programs and connects others in the Montessori teacher education community. Carolyn has been involved in all parts of the accreditation process, including the review of self-studies, site visits, and trainings. Prior to her tenure with MACD, Carolyn worked with children teaching English as a second language and creating a reading curriculum with Core Knowledge Foundation. Carolyn received her doctorate in the Social Foundations of Education from the University of Virginia. Please welcome Rebecca, Karen, and Carolyn. Welcome, Macti, and thank you all for being here. I'm so happy to have this conversation with you. Thank you, Elizabeth, and thank you to the Public Montessori in Action for asking us to participate. It's great to be here. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you. I have enjoyed listening to this podcast, and we are excited to contribute talking about accreditation and teacher education programs. Wonderful. Wonderful. So I wonder if you'd start by just each giving a little introduction of yourself to our listeners. And Rebecca, will you start? Sure. My name is uh, Rebecca Pelton, and I am presently the president of the Montessori Accreditation Council for Teacher Education. 
And uh, believe it or not, I've been in this role now. This is my 12th year. Hmm. I can't believe it. <laughs> and I'm Karen Simone. And um, I, my connection to MACD is I just came off from serving seven years on the board. And I've been involved with the board uh, through uh, uh, on-site visits and so on. And uh, looking forward to continuing as a volunteer now that I'm finished with my work as a, as a board member. And I am Carolyn Pinkerton. I'm the Director of Communications and State Relations at MACD. And when I think about how long I've been there, I usually have to think about our second-born child's age because I actually initially had to turn down the job Rebecca offered because I couldn't find childcare. Mm. And Rebecca said, just bring her with you. And that's what I did. So she was a baby rolling around on my office floor as I was learning the ropes. So that was January of 2017. Wonderful. So for um, any of our listeners that aren't familiar with the work of MACD, I wonder if you might start with just a history and overview how and why it was formed. Okay. How much time do we have? (laughs) The abbreviated version. (laughs) Okay. So um, way back, MACD, uh, let's just talk about receiving the recognition from the U.S. Department of Education, was not an easy uh, process. And I believe um, in reading the documents, it required uh, sincere partnerships between the leaders from all over the Montessori community, requiring them to come together and agree on the basic tenets for Montessori Mm, teachers. They met many times before the final submission um, of the standards and the competencies were agreed upon that they felt would meet the U.S. Department of Education's standards for recognition. This was truly a process of give and take where the leaders in the Montessori community from different affiliations and even the independents had to learn from one another in order to uh, represent the Montessori principles to govern to the government in a, and it had to be in a unified fashion. They couldn't disagree. It had to move forward that they were unified in what they were presenting. And this was 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it succeeded then, and uh, I truly believe that it continues to succeed because the people communicated openly with each other, and they do now. Though they have different viewpoints, so I want to point that Mm -hmm. out, and um, they have different viewpoints about how best to educate Montessori teachers, and um, I believe that's the basis of MACD's success in being recognized as an accreditor. Um, It's a fundamental fundamental commitment by all our participants to work for the good of the children, Mm, mm. choosing the Montessori method as their language. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, even today there are different interpretations of Montessori teacher education and uh, education in general, as we know. Mm -hmm. So the fact that a single accrediting body, such as MACD, can represent these varying views um, suggests we have transcended transcended our differences 
and provided Montessori teacher educations a common ground and an impetus to grow. I should point out, though, <laughs> this is really important, that MACD, and we're very proud of this, is the only educational accreditor recognized by the U.S. Department of Education. Mm-hmm. I mean, Montessorians have their own accreditor. It's something to be very proud of and shows the work that went into this 30 years ago. Mm. So can you talk a little bit about the types of training programs that MACD um, accredits? Sure. So um, MACD accredits all levels. Um, and depending, obviously, on the affiliate, we uh, it's infant-toddler, it's uh, early childhood, elementary one, elementary one, two. We now have standalone elementary two that we uh, recognize and uh, secondary. Um, and we have just recently uh, added and expanded our scope to include administrator and oh, leadership programs. Mm. Wonderful. That's a nice addition. Yeah. Karen and Carolyn, anything to add there? You know, I wanted to add something to Rebecca's uh, talk about the history of MACD. I was um, uh, able to sit in as an observer last year when MACD uh, defended its, uh, its case in front of the USDE. And it was amazing to watch, you know, here's Montessori, you know, something that's not well known, the pedagogy that's not necessarily well known mm-hmm. uh, in, in educational circles. And to listen to, there was a, a panel of, I don't know, tens of uh, people who could ask questions of Rebecca and her team. And to hear them say, oh, so Montessori education holds to these standards and Montessori education this and Montessori education is in the public sector. We didn't know that. And it was amazing and I think quite powerful to hear mm-hmm. how MACT has forwarded the, the people's understanding of Montessori education in, a, in, in the general education world. Mm, mm. So even like an advocacy role, in addition to yes. supporting these training pieces, but bringing it into the the common education realm. Mm. Carolyn, what yeah. were you going to add? Uh, I wanted to add when Rebecca was talking about affiliates, I wanted to throw out some information about what an affiliate organization is. If someone's listening to that and wondering who we are talking about, if uh, someone visited our website, www.macti.org, and they looked at affiliate organizations, we have those listed out. And there are organizations, um, every teacher education program has to work with an affiliate organization. And we have those listed out um, and including the contact names. We've recently added two new affiliate organizations, um, the Christian Montessori Fellowship. And Rebecca, what is Australia's official name? The Montessori Australia. Montessori Australia. So those, um, in addition to working with MACD, a teacher education program, will be working with the affiliate who may have additional mm. um, requirements mm. and standards mm-hmm. along with mm-hmm. MACD's requirements and standards. But let me add to that and piggyback on what Carolyn said. Uh, MACD, we often get phone calls that say, well, who should we affiliate with? What organization? And we always say, you really need to do your homework and um, 
dig deep into your philosophical beliefs around Montessori. And then, as Carolyn said, you can contact the different uh, affiliations and talk to them. Mm-hmm. What, what is the best fit for our teacher education program and where we are uh, nationally or internationally? And um, so this, I just need to point that out. MACD does not tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. So mm. that's an important point. Right. There's Montessori choice involved, and you have to have your freedom Correct. and be responsible to go and track down the information. Wonderful. Well, I think that that's also a, mi- a misunderstanding about accreditation, and I think for a long time there were teacher ed programs that didn't want to go through the process because they were afraid we would tell them what to do, how to uh, evaluate their teachers, and to change and it's just the opposite. We say, you tell us in your self-study mm-hmm. how you do what you do. Tell us your story. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a huge process and commitment, but I think it's a learning. Uh, it's, uh, we haven't had a program that's ever said, boy, did we uh, not learn from this process. Mm-hmm. They all learn from the process and have been very grateful for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, I know we have other places to go in the conversation, but can you just very briefly talk about self-study? Because you've raised that, and I think unless you've gone through the process, that might be a mysterious notion um, to some people. What Briefly, what is the self-study process? So uh, a self-study, the important part in that word is self. As Rebecca was saying, it's a program gets to tell them their story. And that's actually one of the first beginning questions is uh, we say, tell us your history and tell us your mission statement. But the self-study is a term that is used by accrediting agencies where a program is going to submit documentation in the form of narratives and uploaded documents to show that they meet our quality principles. So they have to show us they have qualified staff. They have to let us know what the adult learners are going to learn and how they're going to ensure that they actually are learning those things. They need to show us they have the facilities and the budget to pull this all off. Um, and so all of that is done. We have a online portal and they submit all of that documentation um, to us. The accreditation process starts with sending in an application and then they submit their self-study online. And the program has anywhere up to two years to complete that for us. Uh, Most programs don't take that long, but um, they submit it and they can reach out to our office throughout the process to ask questions. I love connecting programs to other program directors um, who might be in the same situation they've been in. Um, And then the review process starts and that goes back and forth between our office and the the program director and their team. Ideally, the self-study is representative of everybody involved, not just one person who sat down at the computer to complete the self-study. And then that accreditation, if the self-study is approved, um, they get to finish the accreditation process with an on-site verification visit that com- is um, a team of three individuals. Um, 
for a full self-study. And in the past, they would come physically to your program. In the pandemic, we have made the allowance that we are doing these virtually. And we really are gathering the evidence we need. We feel confident about that. It was um, a learning process, but we've gotten it down to a science. Um, so now we visit you virtually, unless someone is uh, safely nearby who can go. Um, and that documentation is reviewed. And then it's all handed over to the MACD board. And this is an important part. The MACD staff does not make the accreditation decision. That's given to the MACD board. And they work in teams to review the self-study and the on-site verification report and the program director's response to that report. And then they sit around and uh, present the case and their recommendation for the accreditation decision for that program. Mm -hmm. And so, Karen, as the chair of the board, that you were involved in that part of the process. Absolutely, yes. So we would... Um, so the, before I answered that part of or that question, the whole process that Carolyn just described, I want to mention that there is very strong support uh, for the teacher education programs during the this this process. So there is, uh, you know, when when the self study is first, you know, ready as far as the director of the program thinks, they send that information to the office. The office does a review. And after it's addressed and questions are addressed and there are readers that do a review. So there are several instances in which there is support given to the teacher education program in order to complete all the requirements of the self-study. So once that is all done, once a team has been uh, either on-site or virtually has looked at the program to verify, to find the evidence uh, to corroborate what is stated in their self-study, then uh, that team writes a report. That report is submitted to the office. Uh, before a board meeting, we get, you know, a, a, a list of all the different programs. Uh, we assign those to different board members. We read the reports. We go into the self-study looking for answers that we, uh, for questions that we might have and so on. Then we have a board discussion and then it comes to a vote by the board to accredit or not accredit or to accredit with stipulations or whatever the case might be. Mm -hmm. That's such a very thorough process. Can I point one thing out, Elizabeth, to, before yeah. we go on? Yeah. Um, that I think is really important uh, for your audience. is that um, So when I came on board, the teams that went to visit the um, programs were called the on-site evaluation team. And from my experience in um, accreditation for uh, umpteen years, the team is there to only to verify that what is in that self-study can be trusted. Mm -hmm. They are not there to give their own opinions. They are not there to tell the program what to do. And I think this was a misunderstanding for many, many years in our community. This is a peer review, and all they're doing is verifying that what is written can be trusted because that's like a monograph or an article that can be um, sent out to the public or um, to teachers to find out exactly what the program does. So if we're going to put, if we're going to credit that program, that 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 document is going to be a statement for the program and it has to be trusted. But the team that goes is not evaluating the program. That is not what their job is. It's to say, 
Yes. Oh my gosh. So how do you verify um, this, uh, your mission statement? Well, how am I going to do that? How am I going to verify it? Well, I'll interview the, the students to see if, if it's true. That's the kind of work that the team does. And it took a long time to kind of switch that mm. mental, um, uh, you know, purpose for the team. But I think we're doing a pretty good job of it now. And we do a lot of, uh, Elizabeth um, does trainings for the verifiers. And that is one thing that is stated clearly um, about it. Mm-hmm. So this brings to my mind curiosity around how many programs make it through the self-study, um, things are verified and they are um, accredited. What, what is the, the numbers there? Sure. Well, I'm going to direct people to our website where if you look and I believe it's the upper left-hand corner, we have something that is called Matty by the Numbers and we put that out annually. And the reason we do that is because accreditation serves to ensure the public of program quality and we are all about transparency. So if you want to know what the accreditation process involves, you can download our a handbook, our, our guide that tells you all of that. And the other part is letting you know how programs are faring. So MACD by the numbers will tell you how many programs have been accredited, um, and, uh, graduation rates. These are thresholds that our programs have to meet and they report to us annually. Um, but a, a part of your question was also how many programs go th- when they go, th- I think what you're getting at is a common question is, does anybody ever not make it when they, when they do this accreditation process? And sometimes that does happen, but rarely during my tenure at MACD, have I seen that happen? Um, a program may have, uh, stipulations as Karen mentioned at the end. Um, the, the review process is rigorous, but for most of our programs, once they submit their application, they have shown a, a serious intent that they, they really want to do this. And we support them in trying to get them through that. And if we, when, uh, if I can just go back again and talk about uh, sitting in front of the, um, the U.S. Department of Education's um, Nasiki uh, Committee for Recognition, and they say, so uh, do you just accredit everyone? And, and we don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that once we, we support them, though, and we're not going to build it so that um, they're going to fail. We let them know what they need to target while they're going through the process. And we say, you need to you know, maybe get a consultant or someone that's, um, I think Karen may have mentioned this or Carolyn, that, that has been through the process that is uh, willing to kind of help you through this. And then um, we'll revisit the process again. We're not going to do your on-site visit because we know we're not going to find everything that we need. So we, we mm-hmm. support them in mm-hmm. that way so that it's not about failure. Right. It's about accomplishment and something that they can feel proud of. So uh, we don't set you up to be taken down is what I told the USDE mm-hmm. anyway. I'd like to quickly add to, you know, with the thought of equity in mind, uh, we are making a, a very strong effort to meet the needs of different programs during this process of accreditation. Uh, 
for example, uh, we, we're mentoring programs that, so if you run your program, say, in Spanish, you have to translate everything because everything has to be submitted in English. So we provide support for these programs uh, with translations, with uh, mentoring and so on to support the effort that they're putting in um, because they're reaching you know, audiences that are often marginalized audiences. And so it's really our support of these types of programs also expands the outreach of Montessori education. Mm -hmm. Thank you for um, opening the topic of equity. And I'd love to hear how MACTI thinks about equity and ensuring access for everyone. Well, I'll start by saying that we know it's a ongoing process and there's work to be done. And just as we ask our programs to be involved in continual improvement, that's what we take on for ourselves as an organization. So we have uh, current projects underway, which I'll let Karen speak to as a former board member, but um, I'll speak as a MACD staff member to say that uh, one of the things when we talk about access, as we mentioned earlier, is online learning. And um, we have had established for a while a number of programs ha who have used online learning uh, for their programs, and that has increased greatly during the pandemic. But for a person who wants to learn about Montessori, and doesn't have a teacher training program anywhere close to them, these online learning programs are very, very beneficial. And another part, I think, to this equity piece uh, is money, even when we're talking about access, and that is a barrier for some adult learners. Um, and it, 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 it is not free, <laughs> their training, there is a, a cost to that. So MACD does not set tuition fees, but we, as a staff, were very small. I think people might be surprised if they saw how small our team is. So while we have our official titles, really everybody pitches in and does a little bit of everything. And the, the point of that is that um, we've always emphasized frugality as a staff and for our um, accreditation teams when they go to visit a program, that's an expense on the program. And we explicitly address the need for frugality. Um, and if you were to compare MACD's fees to another recognized accreditor, you would see that ours are um, very, very reasonable. And in fact, during the pandemic, we paused on any kind of raising of the fees in order to allow programs to have a little ease, knowing that they might be feeling the pinch during these times. Um, so there are, as I said, other efforts I'll let Karen speak to as we're looking at the issue of um, equity and diversity. So another um, initiative that the board has taken is to very actively work with our affiliates and uh, teacher education programs to have the global majority represented on the board. Mm -hmm. And that is a process and it'll take some time, but we are very actively working in that direction. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, too, MACT supports the work of teacher education programs that target their outreach to um, to diverse populations. So, for example, we've worked uh, with a program in Puerto Rico um, that works through the public school system to make Montessori accessible to great greater numbers of people. And also, we mentioned, for example, the Australasia program uh, that has the the 
has just affiliated with MACD, um, you know, those types of, of that type of support uh, will, in a, in a very concrete way, uh, support equity and diversity and justice through the work that MACD does mm-hmm. through the teacher education programs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is leading me to think, uh, so I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, I, I want to go to Montessori training. How how would I pick um, among all of the teacher education programs? How do I begin? I think if we go back to what Rebecca was mentioning earlier about a teacher education program needing to do some of the research that I would say this about the different offerings. If I were talking to someone who wanted to to become a Montessori teacher, that would be step one, is to really educate yourself. There are a lot of acronyms used, a lot of different organizations involved. So take the time, let it be an enjoyable process to learn about who is offering training and um, Mm -hmm. what their different offerings involve. And then I would tell them to go to our website, because we have a lovely page where they can look for a training program that is accredited and they can find a program maybe that's close to them. They can search by the levels that are offered. They can look to see if the program offers online learning. And also what that will do is it will give them the information of we have the point of contact for them. So then they can reach out directly to a program. Um, we always say, you know, if you have any questions, call us. And this is the one time where there is that disclaimer to be put tagged onto that, which is we're happy to help you as MACD, uh, search around on that website, but we're not going to make a recommendation for a program that, that does fall on the adult potential adult learner to figure that out. Um, we, we don't make a recommendation one over the other. All of our accredited programs have met a level of standards that show that they are preparing competent, caring, and qualified Montessori teachers. But so basically the questions that I would bring is like, what level do I want to train at? Do I want to do it in person or do I want to be doing it online? How, what's the length of time I can commit to this? What's my financial commitment? These are the questions I'm asking as I'm looking through your website, knowing that all the programs that are on there have you know been fully verified and are strong programs, and that's why they exist there. Yeah. And I will say maybe once a month we get an email from somebody, and it's heartbreaking because they'll say, I did this program, um, and I thought mm-hmm. I would be able to get mm-hmm. a job teaching, and now I'm finding out that isn't the case. It's not an accredited program. It is 100% online. It is everybody is accepted, everybody graduates. And um, that's not what an accredited program will do. Accredited program has an application process. You have to meet in person. You have to get your hands on those materials. You have to work with someone who gives you feedback in terms of supervision, and you have to have a practicum experience. So those are always hard because some people are not aware of what it means to be at an accredited program. And it was very convenient to do this program all online at home in three months. But now they're finding um, out that that doesn't qualify them for the state they live in. 
um, to, to get a teaching job. And that, yeah, so there's really not a, a good answer. There's no way you can make that palatable. It's, I'm very sorry um, that you're in this situation. So, um, Karen, can you talk a little bit about the residency programs that have been growing in number? I know that this is both a question that cuts you from your position as a MACD board member and also as a part of the team at the National Center for Montessori in the public sector. I know that's also an option as people are thinking about a program um, that is connecting our two previous questions, the one about equity and access, increasing access, and also supporting um, adult education and helping it be local and not necessarily something people have to afford to fly and be off-site. Correct. So just like medical and law residents learn across different settings during their training time, resident teachers learn classroom skills across different situations, especially in a teacher residency program. Um, the way we look at it, teacher residency programs are a way to address the issue of equity uh, through teacher preparation by working uh, oftentimes with, or most of the time, with high-need schools that might have trouble hiring and retaining teachers. Um, and so these programs are developed with all of that in mind. Uh, MACT is actively supporting teacher residency programs. In fact, this fall, we accredited two programs, the Chicago Montessori Teacher Residency and the National Center uh, Montessori Teacher Residency Program. And there are several other programs that are in the process of, uh, of, in the process of accreditation. Uh, these programs are customized to meet the needs of the particular schools that they serve. Uh, they offer a surround approach to prepare teachers in the different areas they need to address to meet the needs of the children and families they are working with. And so we prepare them in all of these uh, areas as well as in the Montessori canon. Anything either of you want to add about the teacher residency programs? I think when Karen was talking about meeting the needs of the community, that is a unique attribute of the programs where when she's talking about surround, it's not just oh, I'm going to the school where I'm going to do my training. Everybody in the school is aware of the residency program and supports that teacher who is learning. And the community is involved. So the community is brought in for all sorts of different services and support and involvement. And Rebecca and I had a chance to visit the program in Chicago, and we were just we were blown away at the dedication and the needs of that community and what they were doing to um, to meet those needs and the the passion and intensity when you're speaking to these adult learners. Uh -huh, uh -huh. It made me want to like move to Chicago and and join join the team there. It really was inspirational. And um, Anytime I'm talking to someone who's interested in this residency model and I mention, as I said, I like connecting people in the community, I don't need to do that there because that already happens. You know, they, they're visiting each other's schools, they're talking, they're sharing ideas, they're supporting one another. Um, so we are hopeful that we'll continue to see this model grow and grow mm. as it is a wonderful mm. option for many. And all of the things that Carolyn mentioned are also part of regular uh, teacher education programs, but it takes it to, you know, teacher residency programs take it to a different level. 
And these uh, factors are kind of embedded in the design of the program itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not so much an individuals who are doing training. It's the school that's committing to the teacher preparation process. Thank you all so much for taking time out of your day to um, have this conversation. Is there anything you would like to add and before we end our conversation? Well, I'm hoping that this sparked questions, Elizabeth, and that as people listen to this podcast and they have questions that uh, arise, that they will uh, immediately either email us or call us so that we can bring some clarity to uh, any kind of um, misunderstanding that uh, might take place, you know, with some of the language or the information, just that we can bring um, some clarity to this because uh, we could talk for days <laughs> and um, about all of the different topics. And I think uh, if I was going to add one thing, I would say that right now accreditation matters um, because of the massive amount of work that uh, is taking place at the state level for recognition of uh, a graduate and um, wanting them, wanting the states to recognize these people as being trained like a, a, a traditional teacher would and um, give them um, some respect and licensure. Mm -hmm. Because so many of uh, our teachers are... Um, there are so many public schools, Montessori public schools that are opening now, and we need to have trained teachers in those schools. So um, if I was going to add anything, that's what I would add. And um, thank you to uh, the Montessori Public Policy Initiative for uh, continuing this work uh, with us uh, to get states to understand what we do. Mm -hmm. mm. Karen? Um, just, you know... I I think I would speak to the importance of accreditation. Um, it speaks not just f primarily for the value of the program, but it also speaks uh, a language that people outside of Montessori can understand and can uh, learn to, um, to respect. And I think that's a strong positive Mm -hmm. uh, element mm -hmm. of being an accredited program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in public Montessori, there's this commitment to being bicultural, right? To being able to speak and understand Montessori deeply and also understand it's situated in a larger educational structure that may be coming at it from a different perspective with different language. Um, and so I love linking the accreditation process to that, to the bicultural nature of being um, an an educator in a public Montessori program. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Carolyn? Well, um, like Rebecca, I'm hoping people listening will reach out to us if they have questions and want to continue a conversation. And I would also say if people are wanting to be involved in some way, uh, with MACD specifically, if you meet our qualifications, we are always looking to add people to our on-site verification teams. Elizabeth, who Rebecca mentioned earlier, is our on-site visit coordinator, and she does online trainings, but they could email um, our office to learn more. It is wonderful to get to visit these programs around the world and see how people are preparing future teachers. 
And another group outside of MACD um, would be the MPPI. If people go on their website, they have it wonderfully organized where it lists their state's advocacy group that they can get in touch with if they want to be involved in that level. And it may be that their state doesn't have one yet, and perhaps they're going to be the one to spearhead uh, organizing a group. But we, we don't want to work in isolation, and we don't want to be duplicating efforts. So it's really good to plug into an organization that's established and can get you headed in the right direction. Mm, wonderful. So those both of those websites, the MACD website and the MPPI website, will be in the show notes for you, linked there, so you can go and visit those um, two organizations. And thank you um, all for bringing Montessori Public Policy Initiative into this conversation as a linked um, collaborator in moving this forward in the in a bigger way. Um, so, if, if listeners, if you don't if you're not familiar with that organization, check out their website as well as the um, MACD website. And thank you each for taking time to be here together today and get this conversation into the world. So thank you for your time. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you, Elizabeth. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure. Our show is a project of Public Montessori in Action elevating voices in the community to forward the mission. Our host is Elizabeth Slade. Our producer is Isaac Price Slade. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and sharing it with others. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts.